Hey, Vinny. Hey, Tilo. Welcome to the Big Fly Pod. Swung on a drill deep to right field. There it goes. See ya. First into the air. Oh. He drives one. Deep left field. That goes up to Back near the wall. It's out of here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Welcome to episode 56. 56, Vinny, of the Big Fly Pod with your co-host Vinny D'Amato and T. Lou. Vinny, how are you, buddy? It's... For us Cubs fans, it's an amazing podcast because our team decided that, uh, yeah, we maybe have a few uh, pennies in the bank account to make a deal here this offseason. But realistically, this team should have been spending more. We'll talk all about that. But let's let's check in with the big fella. How are you, Vinny? I am fantastic. I'm excited to talk about the deal. Uh, I'm excited to talk about the Guardians today. I'm excited to see your beautiful, shining young face. Um, I loved the little intro bit that you did that you didn't tell me about. That I think you took a little too long. You you waited like seven seconds. So I don't know what, know what this this thing is. <laughs> so I clicked record, and then what it normally does is it tells me like the time that's going on in it. And weirdly enough, it tells me it's at like five seconds. But this time, it didn't do it for approximately ten seconds, and mm. so. You know, I was wondering, with the, yeah, with my professional editing skills, I will oh, remove I see. that portion of the pod so people don't think that this episode not get recorded. Um, but yes, Vinny, I did make you uncomfortable, but that's how we get oh, better. No, not uncomfortable. I now you're making me uncomfortable. Um, oh, now I'm making you uncomfortable. Yeah, I okay. forgot about your great editing skills. Like when, when people say things you don't like or something, you just edit it right out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> I'm just I'm messing with you. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm doing great. I'm excited for this. This is going to be a good podcast. I, I, you know, I'm missing KMA and, uh, and Christian, but you know, we're, we're gonna keep the ball rolling while they're, they're busy. And how are you? How's, uh, you're on some travels right now. I'm in an undisclosed location, undisclosed location. Um, mm-hmm. but no, I'm, I'm visiting family right now. It's amazing. Um, being able to see my baby niece and, um, being able to hang out with some, uh, some family from, uh, Abby's side, which is always a good thing. And so out here, um, wild weather out here in the Carolinas here. I don't know if you saw that over the last couple of days, but, uh, uh, some flooding in the area. So, uh, thoughts and prayers to anybody that had to endure that, uh, luckily enough, we were not having to, um, deal with any of that, which was great, but it's been a good time. It's been a good time. Um, trying to yeah, you know weather's been weird lately i mean there was a huge snowstorm in the northeast and midwest got hit pretty hard i didn't hear about the flooding though i, I hope everyone's all right um, everything's good everything's good on our side yeah it was up in like charlotte and some other areas it was very very yeah it was just yeah you're right the weather right now has been strange all across the country so hopefully you know hopefully we're all right by the way you don't hear any bass in the background do you i don't hear anything do you do, do you hear something okay no, my uh, my my father-in-law and Abby are are rolling through a movie right now, and uh, oh. he's got that good little sound bar going on. So I just want to make sure the bass isn't uh, deflecting. Was that here inspiration on the show. for your sound bar? Because you just got a sound bar, right? Or you, or was that pump the brakes on that? It was. Oh no 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 no! no. Oh, it, it was, was the inspiration. Was. I'm, I'm 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 glad you called it out because coming here and then like he's got you know two or three times the size of the sound bar oh, that sure, I have, right. but. 
it's unbelievable. But yeah, it uh, it definitely was an inspiration because like letting him know about it and now seeing like what his is like, just like motivates me more to yeah, increase. Yeah, now you're the in the soundbar sound game. Yeah. Now I'm in the soundbar game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the soundbar game. Hey, you know who's in the free agency game? The Chicago um, Cubs. Oh, I was going to say the Dodgers, but okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, they deferred Chicago about seven. Uh, they did something? They, the, they did. They did. They signed a guy what? by the name of Shota Imanaga, a left-handed pitcher out of Japan. Uh, contract deals have been released. Um, it looks to be right now. It's a little bit wonky, but it, 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 it it's going to be interesting to talk about. Right now, the details that we know is four years for $53 million, but it can be worth up to $80 million over five years if the Cubs pick up his option in 2025 and 2026. I was sitting there for about an hour thinking about how I wanted to dissect this deal and make it more complicated than it had to be. But let's make it very, very simple, Vinny. If we're looking at this, it's going to be over five years, he's going to be making $16 million a year. Okay, to make it very, very simple for the people that are listening at home because if we're thinking about this, if we want to get in all the nitty-gritty details of like, you know, how his contract relates to Kodai Sangas or this or that. If you and I are both honest right now to everyone, we are shocked that after all the rumors and all the things that were released in details that we thought this man was going to be making over a hundred million dollars, no doubt. And people were thinking after seeing Yamamoto's deal and some of these other deals that pitchers have gotten that we thought the AAV was going to be through the roof. But somehow, some way, the Cubs finally make a deal. Um, rumors were that the Giants were the front runners to get this guy. But the Cubs got a nice, solid arm to add to the rotation. Now, just to be clear to everyone that's listening to this and trying to figure out what this guy is like, a lot of people had his projection as his ceiling being a number two, which kind of would be with the Cubs, but more likely a three or four. But Vinny would love to hear your thoughts on the deal, buddy. Oh man. I mean, so when they, when they first announced that the Cubs are getting Shota, I, I was, you know, the big question is always, it's, it's never the guy. It's always how much is he going to cost? Right? Like we know, and you know, I, I can talk a little bit about the numbers. I don't have too much data, but we know that the guys that they're bringing in, they're all professional baseball players, right? They are talented. So it's always, you know, how much is it going to cost? And I was expecting about a hundred million dollars. And, you know, I thought, okay, with the way the pitching market's going to go, he's probably going to cost 20 to $25 million a year, five years, hundred million dollars, something like that. When I saw this deal, Tyler, I'm telling you, I think the Cubs, I don't know if they have black magic. I don't know if they have blackmail on somebody. This deal is a steal for them, an absolute steal to get a solid three. I, I think he's a he's a very much a three. I think his, you know, if his floor bottoms out, he's a four or five. And he has the potential for a two. So the fact that they got him for four years, 53 guaranteed is just, I mean, that's that's a steal for them. You do have to mention too that they have to pay um the Yokohama Bay Stars and the NPB $10 million for the posting fee. So that does come into play a little bit, but I it doesn't matter at that point. I mean, because even then you're still getting a steal. And I, I don't know the details about this part, but I did hear that 
there was another suitor and maybe it was the giants. You mentioned they were the front runners. There was another suitor who was willing to offer double the guaranteed money that the Cubs were offering. So he wanted to be in Chicago. I just saw a tweet that he has been in Chicago since about Christmas time. He must love what he, you know, has been seeing and loves what, where the team's headed. And I, I couldn't be happier as a Cubs fan. I think this is probably in my opinion, the best value free agent pickup by any team this off season by, by far. And and while that feels in, in when maybe some people do hear that, they go, wow, that is a bold take, you know, but if you think about it, I mean, the amount of money that the Dodgers spent on two guys alone and uh, three guys, excuse me, with glass now and thinking about the fact of at the end of the day, we just need guys to go out there and throw the baseball on a consistent basis and be healthy, right? So let's talk a little bit about Imanaga. He's a 30-year-old left-hander, which I think does relate to the fact as to why there are some opt-outs, some club options. But let's be honest, I don't think $16 million by 2025, 2026 is really going to matter. He debuted in the MPB in 2016 in Japan. Vinny already mentioned he played for the Bay Stars, which is the same team as Trevor Bauer. 5'10", 190, a little bit smaller, but doesn't matter when you look at these stats. 2023, his uh, he had 2020 or he had 22 games that he pitched in, uh, 7-4 record, 2.80 ERA, 174 strikeouts in 148 innings. Only 30 innings shy of Yamamoto, which means that obviously, you know, people will look at that and say, ah, maybe less durability. No, this guy's been on the mound for his entire career. Okay. So looking at his career, 74 and 55 record, 2.96 ERA, over 1,100 innings. Um, and with a also had a 1.076 whip. Um, he also had a no hitter in 2022. Um, for people that wanted to know his WWBC or WBC uh, career, he pitched in three games. Uh, of course, many knew that he uh, started the gold medal game against the U.S., which resulted in just two innings of work of one run ball with a pair of K's, which Against that lineup, that's very, very impressive. He also appeared in some relief appearances as well. Some of the uh, just talking about his arsenal, his pitching arsenal. Fastballs around ninety four. I would say he's more ninety two to ninety three. Splitter, slider, curveball. Uh, his fastball, Vinny, is what people are very excited about because of what they call a rising fastball. Okay, so that will generate swings and misses. And the MLB, if we're thinking about it, up in the zone is where. Teams really like to see their pitchers be able to throw and not be able to leave the ball uh, in the bottom hand, uh, bottom end of the zone. Um, but he averaged around 2,200 RPM on his fastballs in 2023. That is excellent. Um, splitter, similar velo to Kodai Senga's ghost fork. I don't really want to compare the two because one's a right-handed pitcher and one's a left-handed pitcher, and I think they're completely different in the way that they go about things. Um, biggest concerns, people are saying age. Yes, of course, age is, is one thing to look at, but let's not talk about that right now. Does give the home run ball up a little bit. Okay, does does had, had quite a few home runs given up in the MPP this past year, but I think the Cubs will do a solid job with navigating that with Hadavi. And also, too, people forget we have Craig Council at the helm now, which is going to be very critical. Injury history, shoulder surgery back in 2020. That obviously cleared today when the Cubs were able to announce the deal, um, but he has been injury-free since then. So, new Cubs rotation, Vinny, Justin Steele, Kyle Hendricks, Shoto 
Chota, Imanaga, excuse me, Jamison Tyone, and then a mix of Jordan Wicks, Drew Smiley, Javier Assad. People are saying Cade Horton. It's like pump the brakes. That guy's going to be pitching in potentially AAA this year. We'll see. So, mm-hmm. Vinny, I think the Cubs, what they did was they said, okay, the best value add, which is exactly what you said this offseason, will be finding something that's not going to hinder our uh, contracts and in our in our um, and our money here for the future. And we can add a solid arm. And we did that. And we add a guy that I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised with how well he's going to do. Don't look at this guy as he's going to go out there and dominate. But I think he's going to have some starts that do that. What a great breakdown. You you deserve like an applause or a medal. I mean, you you absolutely killed that, Tyler. Great, great breakdown. Um yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely right about everything you said. And, you know, he's not going to go out and be an ace. He's 30 years old, like you said. He's got a shoulder surgery. I don't know many 30-year-old pitchers that haven't had some sort of surgery at that point. So, I don't worry really at all about that. Although shoulders are a little bit scarier than elbows at times. Um but the thing you mentioned about his arsenal, you did a great breakdown of his arsenal. I just want to take his fastball a step further. Um, yes, he's got a little bit of a home run problem that we've seen. Wrigley can be a smaller park. We could definitely see some some balls flying out, maybe a little bit more than we might like. But the thing that he does extremely well, and Tyler, you mentioned his four seam can probably touch 94, um, sits around 92, 93. But the, the fact that he's smaller, you mentioned the fact that he's smaller, right? He's 5'11". That actually plays to his benefit so something that pitchers now do when i was growing up and correct me if i'm wrong right we were taught keep fastballs low and then maybe try to get one way up up in the zone like above the zone to try to get them to chase mm-hmm. most mlb pitchers now try to not throw fastballs down low like they want the fastball up elevated and they'll throw their junk stuff down in the dirt and so that plays to his advantage really well because he's 5'11, 5'10. i I'd have to double check. You think you said 5'11? 5'10. 5'10. He has the, the induced vertical break, is what it's called. He has 20 inches of induced vertical break. So that ball appears to be rising 20 inches from the time it releases his hand to the time it reaches the plate. And just by Baseball America standard, any pitcher that has an IVB induced vertical break of above 18 is considered elite. So Anyone who reaches 20, it says pitchers capable of reaching of 20 are considered to have like, like that's just phenomenal. Like he's in the top upper echelon of pitchers that can do that. So all this is a long winded way of saying if he can really control that fastball, which it sounds like he can, he's, you know, 30 years old, he's got experience doing it. Um, he's going to have a lot of success. I, I just, I'm so excited for this guy. I, you know, Steele Hendricks and, and Imanaga is a one, two, three that you can feel confident about. I'd like to see them maybe get another one or maybe Kate Horton comes up and they're aggressive with him. But um, yeah, I, I like the direction that they're heading and, you know, we've seen some other pitchers go for more money than this that aren't as good as him, in my opinion. So just hats off to the Cubs and Jed for this one. Would you say that you personally would prefer Montgomery over Imanaga or are you leaning more towards uh Shota? How, how much is Montgomery? Cause that's a big question, right? Like I, you know, and I, and I, and I think that's your answer because yeah, yeah. Montgomery, I mean, dude, let's just be honest. He's pitching in the MLB. He showed 
how dominant he can be and in high leverage situations like he was in the playoffs, I think he might get a hundred mil. And, and like, it's not, it's funny. Cause I look at Imanaga's deal and I'm like, well, will he get more than that? I'm like, man, like some of these guys are getting ridiculous contracts. And it's because of the fact that they've been able to prove that they can, you know, handle handle themselves on what the best hitters in the world, right? People, you know, while, we are excited about Imanaga. You know, he did pitch in the MPB, which is not the upper echelon of the MLB, but it's getting a hell of a lot better. And we saw with contracts like Yamamoto and some of these guys. Um, I think I, I just I'm, I'm excited that the Cubs, they are staying within the idea of we are going to spend our money wisely. And Jed does not want a bad contract hindering this team moving forward. I don't even look at Tyone's contract. I don't even see Tyone's contract as a bad contract. I really don't. Like, I think this team is set up really, really nicely. And that's non-biased, folks, because um, a lot of people could look at other teams and say, well, they spent more money. Spending more money is great, but it's about spending it wisely. That's why the Rays and some of these teams have done so so well, right? There will be. uh, um, I'm going to have to dive into this one a little more. There will be a chance that, you know, when I think about bad contracts and this may be a hot take for Cubs fans, maybe they don't want to hear it. Maybe Tyler, you're going to yell at me, but there's a chance those last three years of Dansby Swanson's contract are going to come bite them in the ass. I mean, I don't, I don't agree. I don't disagree with you at all. We'll see, but he's got to be, cause like if, if defensively is what brought Swanson that contract yeah, for being yeah. honest, I don't the Cubs, I think, paid him great. way more than anyone else was offering, like like substantially more than anyone was offering. So offensively, yeah, I mean, he's middle of the road guy that you know, and there there's a chance that he improves, but I think you know he had a career year. Think about this too, Vinny. Think about this too. I was just thinking about this. If I'm Imanaga and I'm coming to the states, right, and I want to have a solid career, yeah, I want to go to a team with my pitching arsenal and the way that I navigate the zone and the way that I try to get guys out, I need a great defense behind me. Yeah. Who has a better defense, the Giants or the Cubs? Well, the Giants, I think, have one of the worst. I, I want to say they're bottom three in the, the league and in, in team defense. Then why didn't Yoshinobu Yamamoto come to Chicago? <laughs> well, Jed Hoyer, I don't think, has the ability to uh, give out a $325 million contract, even though he probably could. Yeah. But, um, you know, if he was in L.A., maybe things are a little bit different. I'll be really excited to see what Roki gets next year, too. And, you know, maybe it'll depend on the success of some of these guys. Will he be over, next year or the following it year? It could be the following year because, right, he's 2023 20, right now. But he's been asking he's... about getting out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's weird with that because if he's wanting to get out, then – Oh my God. I mean, could you imagine? Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be so cool. He's the only thing is, has he had a TJ? Not yet. I don't think. think, Yeah. That's what's scary. That's scary. That's scary. But uh, to, to everyone listening, if we're, we are two cub fans, we are (laughs) obviously a little bit biased. We're excited, which rightfully so. I mean, it's um, when you are a large market team and you haven't made a deal up to this point, that's concerning, right? And I think one episode we'll talk about it, but I would love to have the conversation with uh, Christian on the show yeah. as well is, is Scott Boris good for the game of baseball? We'll I, talk about yeah, that. Yeah, That's a great question. It's a, it's a really fascinating topic because if you look at other leagues, uh, NHL and other leagues, I wonder what 
people from the outside the way they would look at it. Cause I know I saw something like a, one of these hockey guys on Twitter. Um, he's part of uh, spit and chicklets. Uh, his name's Paul Bissonette. And he saw that, uh, uh, quiet Leonard got a three year, $150 million extension. Like, did you say spit and chicklets? Spit and chicklets. Yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing, amazing show. Really? Dude. It's, okay. it's awesome. It's, 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 it's two former hockey players with uh, a, a host that was a Boston sports, mainly I think Boston Bruins writer. And um, it's, it's a, it's an amazing show. They're what long shows spit and chicklets. So yeah. What is it? Yeah. But what, what does it mean? Chicklets like, like spit and chicklets. Like they just got like in hockey, like they like got hit by a puck or got hit in the mouth from a punch and they spit their teeth. Chicklets are teeth. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, well, oh. yeah. That's a cool name. That's for another episode, though. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good one. We'll, we'll we'll dive into that one with Christian. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> well, Vinny, to to move on here through the episode, um, we saw a trade. It's a little bit of a trade go down, which was um, I, I heard a funny quote. It was a MLB the show trade, which I thought was hilarious. But the Giants and Mariners make a deal. The Giants send Mitch Haniger and Anthony Desclafani to the Mariners for Robbie Ray. The Giants are also sending cash considerations to the Mariners in this deal as well. Reports say around $6 million. Looking at uh, all these guys in reference to their current contracts and what uh, what their status is. So Mitch Haniger is earning $17 million in 2024 and then has a player option for $15.5 million in 2025 which will now, of course, be with the Mariners. He is returning back home. Uh, Desclafani, he comes over with one year left on his deal at $12 million and will be a free agent after this upcoming season. Likely will be a depth guy um, or you know starting games, but I think mainly primarily uh, a sixth option or out of the pen. Um, that rotation now includes Luis Castillo, Logan Gilbert, Bryce Miller, Brian Wu, and Emerson Hancock, which... That rotation is absolutely stacked, but we can talk about that here in a little bit. But uh, the with Robbie Ray, okay, so this is the main name in the deal that is heading to San Francisco. He earns $23 million this year, has a player option in 2025 for $25 million. If he picks it up, he'll earn $25 million in both 2025 and 2026, which makes him a free agent in 2027. I'd be shocked if he doesn't pick up those options. Um, he will likely not be ready until the end of 2024, potentially even 2025. And I, I could probably see him coming in this year. Um, little back background on Robbie Ray, which at one time, this guy was everything right uh, now, 32. He won the AL Cy Young with the blue Jays in 2021 and parlayed that into a five year, $115 million deal with the Mariners with the ability to opt out after three season. His first year with Seattle was strong. He made 32 starts with a 3.71 earn run average. He struck out 27.4% of batters face while issuing walks just at an 8% clip. But in 2023, he made just one appearance before being shut down and eventually requiring elbow surgery to both repair his flexor tendon and reconstruct his ulnar collateral ligament. So, Vinny, if we're looking at this deal, okay, Mariners and Hanager Unite, Let's see if you agree with me on this. They add another bat to their lineup where many people saw that the Mariners were looking to subtract with losing Kellenic, Teoscar Hernandez, and Juanio Suarez. Uh, Seattle gets $73 million off their books for the next three season with removing Ray's contract. 
and the Giants get a much-needed rotation arm for the future, and if they get lucky, can get a Cy Young Robbie Ray instead of an IL Robbie Ray. What were your thoughts on the deal, buddy? Um, It's good. I, I'm surprised at the Giants for making such a, you know, because seems like a lot of money to take out like they must feel really good about the team that they have or something to go and compete with the Dodgers and and the Diamondbacks in such a tough division so you know hats off to them on, on really starting to try to go for it um but I just I don't know if I see it you know maybe when we dive into their team I'll, I'll believe in what they're doing a little bit more but um good move for them if they're trying to compete which you know sounds like they really are and the Mariners um another kind of I'm not sure if I fully grasp what their offseason is trying to do, right? They, like you mentioned, all those bats that they've subtracted and, you know, they've replaced it with Mitch Hanniger and Luke Rayleigh and Luis Arias is going to be their, you know, third baseman and Sebi Zavala is going to be a backup catcher. So they've made plenty of moves. Like they've really changed how their roster is constructed. Their strength is definitely in the pitching. So I'm just, you know, maybe they don't think they can compete with with Texas and Houston, but I'm kind of just confused as to why they're subtracting so much. Um, you know, maybe they have too much money on the books and they're really trying to clear some to make way for uh, a, a big free agent of some sort. But I think, you know, the deal kind of makes sense, but at the same time, I'm just, there's some confusion as to what both teams are really trying to accomplish. Like, I think, you know, there's still a few levels or layers that need to be pulled back for us to really understand. But yeah, I, you know, I don't know if I have a, a conclusive, this is good for this team. This is good for this team or vice versa. I think it's, it's what both teams have shown they want to do, right? We know that the giants want to spend and we know that the Mariners want to subtract. So to win for both teams in that sense, but um, as to far as, as far as a, a winner and a loser, I'm not sure that there is one. I would completely agree with you because besides Jung Hu Lee, I feel like there is a legitimate thing right now. And CM said it best where he says uh, San Francisco, uh, he, he did say sucks, which was uh, a very clear thought process as <laughs> to what he thought about San Francisco. But like, if I'm looking at this, I'm saying, man, the Giants were like, okay, well, we got two guys that we don't really need here this year. Um, you know, Hanager was, you know, a solid option for them, but generally speaking, he's probably going to be seen more off the bench and Descalfani has had an injury riddled uh, last couple of years. So maybe they saw it as, Hey, we can get Robbie Ray as a way to kind of show to our fans that we are invested, but we have to go the trade route instead of being able to sign a guy like Jordan Montgomery. You know, you saw with the Yamamoto sweepstakes, you know, some of these guys. So I think that's the way that I kind of looked at this whole thing too, because I was really looking into this today, like, wow, this is fascinating, but really it's not. It's it just felt like kind of boring when you look into it a little bit more because it's like Robbie Ray may never be who Robbie Ray was. Um, and I mean, he's now gonna pick up his player option, then you're gonna have to pay a guy twenty five million in twenty twenty five and twenty twenty six. Yeah. Um I just, great. and I, did you mention too, I don't know, I, I may have zoned out when you mentioned, did you mention he's also not going to pitch for the first half of the year? 
So I mentioned that he will likely not be pitching till the end of 2024. But I said I did I did see something where, you know, while everyone wants to point to he might be doing this, he's a little bit older. So they they even said like if if things aren't working out this year, they may just say, hey, you know, you, you'll pick up your options anyways. We'll have you for 50 million total over the next two years in 25 and 26. Why don't you just rest, get your body right, so then you can be a legitimate threat in 25, 26, rather than trying to rush things back. Yeah, I mean, I guess it just, <laughs> it's, I don't know, maybe I don't run an MLB team. It just seems like so much money to throw to 33-year-old guy coming off Tommy John, or not Tommy John, sorry, but, it, it's you know, gen- elbow, I mean, like. Flexor tendon and ligaments, like we're talking legitimate stuff. Yeah, for him to not pitch for a, basically maybe a full year probably at least half a year like i just again you know i don't know if i understand you know maybe the giants are just you know we're gonna throw as much money as we can and hopefully it works out because that's how it feels right now i just i don't yeah get it. I, I just don't think the giants i think the giants are just trying to find something to get their teams excited about their fans. yeah yeah and that's you know good for that good for the owners if that's if that's their approach good for them you know they've they went on a little dynasty run in the you know 2010s right so absolutely they know something about it and if you look at those teams too right like sidetrack like those teams on paper didn't look like anything spectacular either so maybe there's some secret formula that they have um you know they had some talent but definitely not you know they, they didn't seem like an upper echelon team at that point or an elite team so yeah you know maybe they have something maybe they do the, the Mariners, though, they didn't stop. Um, they also required Luke Rayleigh from the Rays, a first base outfielder who had a very nice year here in 2023, um, while the Tampa Bay Rays received utility infielder Jose Caballero. So a little background on both these guys. Uh, Luke Rayleigh, he appeared in 118 games of the Rays last season, posting a 249, 333, 490 slash line with 23 doubles, three triples, 19 home runs, 49 RBIs, and... 14 stolen bases, a big boy who can steal bases. That's amazing. Uh, defensively made a majority of his starts in the outfield last year, but does provide versatility um, being able to play first base as well. He did appear quite a few games uh, in 2023 for that. Uh, Caballero, 27-year-old, made MLB debut, uh, his MLB debut in uh, on April 9th of this last year. He appeared in 104 games, posting a 221, 343, 320 slash line with nine doubles, a triple, Four home runs, 26 RBIs, and 26 stolen bases. Um, when I looked into this a little bit more, it looked like with the Mariners' 40-man roster already heavily built on utility infielders, including Dylan Moore, Sam Haggerty, Josh Rojas, and Luis Urias, uh, Caballero was unlikely to make the opening day roster and uh, were able to really get somebody. I, 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 I think this was a steal, but, I mean, Vinny, this – this lineup is not looking too shabby right now. J.P. Crawford, Julio Rodriguez, Mitch Garver, Cal Raleigh, Ty France, Mitch Haniger, Luke Rayleigh, Luis Rios, and Josh Rojas. That's a good lineup. Yeah. Um, you know, the the Mitch Garver signing, I think, will be the best one for them. And we, you know, we'll I think we'll dive more into it when we when we do the team. But I am excited for Luke Rayleigh. I think, you know, I'm a believer in Luke Rayleigh, although I know a lot of people, especially in the the fantasy baseball community aren't too keen on him. I mean, he struck out a 31% clip last year, but the dude's got power. I mean, you mentioned he's a big boy, he's six, four, two 35. Like, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's actually bigger than that. He's 
got some massive raw power. So if he can trim the strikeout rate, you know, maybe be a little more patient of a hitter, he can really take off and, and help this team out. Um, you know, get some of that power back that, that Eugenio Suarez kind of left them, you know, when he left. So there's a huge gap of power there. So I think maybe that's, you know, part of why they, they grabbed Rayleigh in this deal. Yep. Figured there wasn't too much to look into on that deal. But again, it's uh, mm-hmm. the Mariners. So like I said earlier, they got rid of Suarez, Teoscar Hernandez, and Kellenic. Okay. Instead of that, they now have Hanniger, Luke Rayleigh. Okay. And um, Mitch Garver. Oh, and Mitch Garver. Yeah. And, and, yeah. So it's like. Am I wrong that they just kind of replaced them sort of with the same exact sort of mindset? Like strikeouts are high, home runs are there, but yeah, like know, light versions saying? of who they had. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, maybe that's their plan. But my question to you as a Mariner, like if you're a Mariners fan, is your offense was already you kind of your problem. Why why would that be where you subtract from? Don't you think you'd want to maybe subtract somewhere from your terrific pitching depth i mean they're one through five that's not the best one through five in the american league i i don't know what is like as far as their pitching goes so you know i'm just a little bit shocked by that i mean you know everyone needs arms but if you want to win your division you you need some you need some pop yeah i think bryce miller and brian Wu has really saved this team putting them in a better position right because they don't have those two if Brian Wu doesn't have that year he does last year and Bryce Miller doesn't show out, you know, they're missing a three and four right there or a four and five because then they'll move Hancock up to the third. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, should be interesting. Uh, a couple other moves. Um, I mean, this is sort of bigger news. Uh, it, it, it just blows my mind what this team is doing. The Dodgers signed to Asker Hernandez to a one-year $23.5 million deal with $8.5 million deferred from 2030 to 2039. Okay. So for everybody that wants to complain about what the Dodgers are doing and how they found a loophole, that's under understandably so. I think what a lot of people don't understand, though, is that like players don't want deferred money. Now, I won't say as to why, because I want to look more into that, Vinny. I want to look into like why is it that players don't want it? I believe it's more tax-related. Um, but also, too, at the end of the day, like I would rather receive my money up front than I would 10 years from now, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm even just a regular worker. So if we're looking at it from that standpoint, like players don't want to not, they don't want to not have their money up front. But when you're talking about these extreme deals like Shohei Otani and Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, like these guys are getting so much money from elsewhere. They've gotten so much money in their career. Their club is able to do that. With guys like Teoscar Hernandez, that is fascinating because he's like, I mean, he hasn't made like the most money in his career. I know he's gonna he's obviously well off, like compared to you know, people like ourselves, but like I think people need to understand that like it's the player who's making this decision and it's the club giving them this option to do that. So don't look at the organization and say this is bad for the game and other things. Like this has been a part of the game. Could they fix some things to make this not a situation in the future? Yeah, but there's not a lot of Shohei Otanis and other people coming around. But let's go back to the deal here. Now let's talk about the player. Teoscar Hernandez, a guy that we just talked about him earlier, high home runs or, or a lot of home runs, but quite a bit of strikeouts and whiff rate. All right. If I'm looking at this, I'm saying the Dodgers are doing what the Dodgers do. They're just adding at this point because let's be honest, Vinny, 
if I looked at that lineup, I don't think that they were better than the Braves. Adding Hernandez, I think you're starting to almost be at that level of the Braves. What were your thoughts on the deal, buddy? Yeah, um, you know, that's the team they're trying to catch. I, I do still think the Braves need to add add a pitcher too if we're gonna go there. Um, that's their big need, right? They got they got Strider and Freed, and then after that, I think they need a, a legit three or something like that, three and four. But as far as Teoster goes, I mean, you mentioned the deferred money. You know, he's 31 years old. He's been at a little bit of a decline over the last few years as far as his his skills are concerned. Um, so I guess maybe just more so last two years. So if I'm Teoscar Hernandez and I'm at this point in my career, you know, and I know not every athlete thinks like this, but I want the thrill of winning a World Series. And Shohei Otani thinks that way. And, um, you know, all of these people who have signed with the Dodgers think that way. So if that's kind of your last check mark as a professional athlete, like you have done everything you've played, you know, I, if I'm almost positive he's been all star, I haven't checked, but he is, you know, a premier MLB player who has done many things in his career, except win a world series. So I would think, you know, if I'm a player, that's what I want to do. And so good for him. You know, like you said, you can't really complain at the Dodgers and continue to complain you know, if, if anything, complain to your teams that they're not taking advantage of these things a little bit more and good on the players for getting what they want. You know, the money's not going anywhere. They're still going to get money. It may have less value, but, um, you know, in tax implications, like you mentioned that, you know, maybe Christian has a little bit more understanding of, but, you know, good on Teo, good on the Dodgers, happy for both of them. But yeah, hope they don't win. <laughs> yeah, he gets added to an outfield now of Altman, Hayward and Chris Taylor. Right. And this was that wasn't that's not necessarily the top top fledged outfield that you'd expect uh, to see a World Series team roll with. So getting somebody like this, you already have your lefties in the lineup. You now had a really, really powerful right handed bat. It was a good signing. Um, last uh, signing here that I have any Shamanaya to the Mets on a two year deal for twenty eight million with a player opt out in twenty twenty five. I am I was shocked that this guy was getting a player opt out but looking over his career he's a four he's got a uh, a 4.10 era with a 1.22 whip um he started 166 games he's actually just hit the thousand inning mark if you're looking at 2023 pitched 117 innings um with a 4.44 era with a 1.24 whip um he was a 0.28 war player this is, it, dude, how crazy is it to look at the off seasons from last year to this year for the Mets? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, last year we're talking about Verlander and Scherzer and they're all in and now Sean Mania, Yay. Um, just, yeah, it's kind of, kind of crazy how, how quickly they've shifted their narrative. Um, you know, at the same time, good for them, right? Admit your mistake, but um, yeah, I mean, Sean Mania, he's a dude, he's going to go out and he's going to give you innings and, you know, they're going to be okay. He's a proven guy. He's, you know, probably not going to fall off a cliff anytime soon. So, you know, it, it makes sense for them. It gives them some depth. It gives them some stability, but again, I, for the price, give me a Managa, like a hundred out of a hundred times slam that button. Like I just, I don't get it, but 
you know, that's the pitching market now. I think the Cubs just got kind of lucky with that one if we're going back there. But yeah, I mean, two years, 28 million, not terrible, not terrible at all for, for a proven guy who, you know, is going to help your team out. And, you know, they're not trying to compete this year. So we just need guys to eat innings. And I think they got a good, good guy for that. Yep. Yep. And uh, so new rotation for the Mets uh, at this point based on the moves that they made. Of course, Kodai, San, uh, Kodai Sanga at the top. Jose Quintana uh, hopefully doesn't have an injury riddled year again this year. Uh, Luis Severino, Sean Manaya, and then Adrian Hauser, who they acquired in uh, a trade from Milwaukee this offseason. So, Did you uh, – sorry, I just saw this. Do you know how big Sean Manaya is? Isn't he like 6'7 or 6'8? He's 6'5. Okay, yeah, now you make mine sound bad. He's 6'5, 245. I didn't realize he's that big. Yeah. He's a big I, dude. Maybe, yeah, he's yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, like I was kind of thinking of him as a connection to the Cubs because I was like, well, you know, do they want another arm? But the lefty thing, right? He's got to be a dominant lefty. So going Imanaga versus a guy like Manaya, who won't necessarily dominate the rotation, you already are mixing in Justice Steele and Jordan yeah. Wicks. Yeah. Right. So I think they got um, enough lefties if that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Vinny, that's all the moves that I've seen here this week. Um, I, I just, I, I, this finally things are picking up. Maybe as Cup fans, I'm feeling a little bit more relieved. Uh, it was a good night last night when I saw that news come through. I was dragging a little bit at a restaurant that picked me up really quick, uh, and I'm glad to to see things rolling for for our ball club. But as uh, as a baseball fan. Let's see what happens now because now you got Montgomery and Blake Snell. Really mm-hmm. fascinated yep. to see what happens next and what happens with Cody Bellinger. So the last kind see. of big, big dominoes. Big dominoes to fall, and then hopefully the bullpen arms fall. And uh, could we see Josh Hader getting $100 million? This will be intriguing for sure. Um, let's talk about a ball club that, ooh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. The Cleveland Guardians, let's talk about their 2024 outlook, Vinny. They finished 76 and 86 in the AL Central last year. Uh, that led them to be third in the division while missing the playoffs. While it was a dreadful division uh, the year prior, they were in the playoffs. Solid ball club a year ago, and many thought that was going to be the same case in this last season. Uh, looking at their projected lineup as of now, okay, according to Fangraph, Stephen Kwan over in left. Andres Jimenez at second base, Jose Ramirez, um, one of, in my opinion, the best players in all of baseball over at third base. Josh Naylor over at DH uh, can also play first base. Uh, Ramon Lariano in right field. I can't believe that guy's still playing. Yeah. Uh, catcher brother, Bo Naylor. Uh, first base, they are saying Kyle Manzardo as of now. We'll see you know, if that does happen, but would love to see that go down. Uh, at shortstop, they have Brian Rocchio. Finally, they have center fielder, defensive specialist, in my opinion, Miles Straw. Rotation-wise, uh, Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, Tanner uh, Bybee, Logan Allen, and Gavin Williams. Vinny, let's look at this. So right now, we know that the AL Central is completely opened up. Right. It is a no one really knows who to pick at this point. People want to look at the twins and say, well, they still have these guys in their lineup. We look at the Tigers. They are the up and comers, the Royals. They signed so many guys this offseason. Right. If I'm looking at this team right now, let's let's hear a little bit of a bold prediction. 
can we see this team finishing with a better record next year than they did this past season with a 76 win season? Uh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you mentioned all of those other teams in the central, this may be the worst division of baseball, but in my opinion, it's still a pretty exciting division. Like you mentioned, all these teams are, are adding except the white Sox. The white Sox are hot garbage. Sorry, Kyle. Um, all of these teams are adding and, and Cleveland is a pitching factory. I think when we see hopefully some, some innings out of Tristan McKenzie, people will remember how good of a pitcher he is. Um, Tanner Bybee and Gavin Williams, Gavin Williams, I think is a potential ace. Um, I don't know if Shane Bieber is still going to be there, but the pitching is the strong suit for Cleveland. They're just kind of like the Rays or the, um, I guess I the Braves, maybe. I don't know if you can still say them, but you know, they just produce pitchers. Like they're that's what they're so good at. Um, you know, they draft pitchers because they know they can develop them and then trade them for bats. The only thing is they just haven't really traded for many bats. Um, I think this team is definitely gonna be better. Whether or not they win more games, though, is is a question that I'm not sure I know the answer to. You know, we'll need Jose Ramirez to continue to play like Jose Ramirez as he gets past 30. Um I really hope that they give Bo Naylor some time behind the plate because if he gets enough playing time, he, I think he's an absolute stud. I think he is totally underrated in the baseball world. I think people are going to be surprised by him. Kyle Manzardo, like you mentioned, is penciled in as their first baseman. You know, we see guys come up all the time and, and not have the impact that we think they're going to have. So if he can be what, you know, even a sliver of what we think he can be, um, that's going to boost them. So yeah, they have a lot of pieces kind of scattered around that. If these pieces hit, you know, they are going to be better. It's just a big question. I, I wouldn't be surprised though, Tyler. And maybe this is, you know, after talking about a little bit and diving in, they may be behind the twins and the tigers and even the Royals you know, by the, by the season's end, if they start subtracting, like if Shane Bieber goes, um, you know, if, if Manzardo doesn't play how they think he's going to play, if Bo Naylor doesn't get, you know, almost 600 plate appearances, Jose Ramirez falls off. So there's a lot of question marks, a lot of uncertainty, I think. Um, but if you're asking one way or another, whether they're going to win the division or be in the bottom of it, I think it's more likely that they're in the bottom. Great breakdown. I mean, looking at it right now, so the rumors flying around uh, the city of Cleveland here this offseason has been, what will they do with Shane Bieber? He is in his final year of arbitration before he's a free agent in 2025. Um, many people have looked uh, also to an Emmanuel Classe being a trade target. Um, Classe, though, interesting enough, I mean, he's getting 2.9 this year. 4.9 next year, 6.4 in 2026, and then 10 million and 10 million in 2027 and 2028 with club options. Man, is that a steal if somebody's able to figure out a, a trade package for that? Um, people also have been putting Josh Naylor in some trade packages as well. He is not a free agent after this year. He has two more years of arbitration before he is a free agent in 2026. Um, guys like Tristan McKenzie are still going to be on the board for a long period of time. Also to Stephen Kwan. And then, of course, we mentioned earlier, Jose Ramirez uh, and Andres Jimenez um, are on long-term deals. And so those names we will see in Cleveland for a very, very long time. And hopefully so, because Jose Ramirez, um, while he almost ruined 
um, my 2016 college, uh, you know, year with uh, the way that he played in that World Series against the Cubs. Uh, a truly unbelievable baseball player that I would uh, trade a large package of Cubs prospects for if we can put him over at third base for the foreseeable future. Let's talk a couple prospects. And I think it's critical that we talk about prospects that I, I think actually will have an impact here this season, right? We talked about them in, uh, we talked about one briefly, which was Kyle Manzardo, which was a trade, uh, which was, uh, he came over in the Aaron Savali trade, um, this past trade deadline here in 2023, which many, many people could not believe that that guy was traded for just one to one with Aaron Savali. Um, but another name that I had the pleasure of seeing hit a ball 440 feet over the right center field fence, chase the water. This kid is a gamer. This kid is a stud. But Vinny, I know you're more in tune with these guys. What are your thoughts on both those players and how significant of an impact can you see both those guys having this upcoming year? Yeah. Um, DeLauder, I think he's still a little ways away. Uh, it's probably more likely that we see him in 25 than we do in 24. Maybe he comes up for a cup of coffee in the late season if he really forces their hand. But um, I think it's much more much more likely that Manzardo has an effect, obviously, if he's going to be um, hopefully their starting first baseman. And I think Manzardo is going to, you know, if all of the numbers translate how we think they will, he's going to have a great year over at first base. He's been a highly touted guy for quite a while for them. Um, actually, I'm sorry. He was traded from from Tampa Bay, if I'm not mistaken, um, to Cleveland. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he fills a hole for them at first base. And, you know, coming up now they can slide Josh Naylor over to the DH. So, you know, you like you mentioned that I, I know prospects. I think the fact that you've seen them live tells you tells me that you probably just know a little bit about them, like just how they are on the field more than I do. Like I, I know the numbers and I know that both of these guys, DeLauder and Manzardo, will have an impact, you know, from everything that I've seen. But I'll say, and and I appreciate that because it was something that I was so there's so in the AFL or the Arizona Fall League, right? You have three, you have six teams, and you have three different fields that these teams play at. And I was looking through it, I was like, I'd love to go watch the Cubs prospects, but I can likely see them here in the future. I was like, man, I really want to go see, you know, some guys that I thought would be a lot of fun to see kind of guys like Robert Hassel. Mm -hmm. But I also was looking at saying, Oh, I'm going to go see Kyle Manzardo. What I'm telling you right now is, is that I think chase the is a potential all-star in the MLB. And I will say though, I think the ceiling for the is higher than Manzardo, yeah. yep. but I 100%. think Manzardo is more of a professional hitter and ready to go this year. You just saw by their at-bats, you saw by the approach of DeLauder, much more aggressive, much more of a, I would say, like going to go to the ball type of swing versus Manzardo's more compact. It felt like DeLauder has, though, a higher, higher ceiling. Like watching that home run, Vinny, was one of the more impressive things I've seen in baseball. And it was, it was, I couldn't believe how hard he hit the ball, how smooth it was, and how I looked at my dad and I said, that is why I never had a chance, right? Yeah, yeah. That is You almost can't teach that. Like, you can, but there's a naturalness. 
Well, he had he not only had that too, like the base pass, like the aggressiveness, like it almost felt like, hey, Manzardo's kind of your three hole. Like I'm here, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna be, you know, potentially getting up into the two ninety three hundred ranks in regard in regards to average OPS over eight hundred. You know, very very soon. The lauder felt like your four hole where you're like, man, we have to go to Manzardo, we have to pitch to him because then we got to go to the lauder right after him. And then let alone, we also have Jose Ramirez in the lineup, Andres Jimenez, and probably somehow, some way, they're going to find some dude out of Dominican Republic to, to mash in the five hole uh, and be the next Jordan Alvarez. Like, that's what the Guardians do. They're just a well-run organization. So I am thoroughly excited to see how well those guys do. But like I said, I think, I think Manzardo is going to be your more – Clean cut. We know this kid is our number two prospect right now, while Brian Rocchio is their number one. But I do see the Manzardo can make a, a really solid MLB career. But man, this Chase the Lauder kid is special. Yeah, I mean, you know, MLB has, I think it's Rocchio. I don't know. Has might be Rocchio. Yeah, Rocchio as their number one, but there's not a chance in hell he's their number one. I'm sorry. Not when you have a guy like Chase Delauder and Kyle Manzardo. And even, you know, they have other exciting guys in their prom system as well as Juan Brito and um, Daniel Espino is another huge one that would love to see um, kind of come back from injury. So it's an exciting, they, they've done very well with their organization. I think they have a very healthy um very healthy system so yeah and and the comp that i come to with um with uh kyle manzardo and i i'm not a huge fan of comps and don't think that i'm trying to compare these two because it's very hard to say that i just don't know who else to think of off the top of my head but he reminds me kyle manzardo of like a freddie freeman type like he's going to hit for a high average he could hit 300 and I wouldn't really be that shocked. He's got a great hit tool. Like you mentioned, he has a great plate approach. Um, you know, he's going to eventually, I think, blossom into some power. He's still a really young guy. So, um, yeah, that's who I'm kind of reminiscent of. Maybe a better comp might be like, uh, oh, well, I was going to say Vinny P, but I don't even think Vinny P has that kind of plate discipline and, and um, hit tool. So maybe they you don't. Know, Freddie Freeman light, Freddie Freeman Jr. So, yeah, I I think the world of these two I think that's one of the best two top two guys in, in all of baseball for any team. I mean, Manzardo had 20 doubles before he got traded to um, where he got traded over to Who did he get traded for. I forget. I was trying to think of that. Aaron Savali. Remember. Oh, it was the Aaron Savali. Aaron Savali. Makes sense. One to one yep. trade. I mean, and blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. Especially when Savali went out and shoved in Tampa Bay. Like, he did. I mean, don't get me wrong, but like, dude, like, like he's your three hole of the future. And now, golly, this Wander Franco stuff. Now you lose. Holy cow, man. Yeah. I mean, Tampa, though, I don't know. They're they're very interesting. I'm excited. I don't know. We can go on a whole tangent about Tampa Bay. And, I, you know, they're a very talented. That'll be a great episode. Yeah. Great yeah, it will episode. be. Um, but yeah, no, Cleveland's got a great organization. Very healthy. Lots of lots of young guys who hopefully can come up and have an impact. Because here's here would be my this would be my worry as a Cleveland Guardians fan is let's not waste any more prime time of Jose Ramirez. Like you mentioned it, this guy, I really think he's a top fifteen player in the league. And I 
you know, you can make an argument for these, you know, so many different players at that, at that level, but for him to do it and be so good offensively and then to do it at a position like third base, you know, we typically see a lot of these all-stars, you know, superstar players in the outfield or at shortstop to be a third baseman and to do it for as long as he has been doing it. It's unheard of. And so, well, not unheard of, but it's just, it's, it's incredible. And as a guardians fan, no more wasting it. We got to go. We got to go. So if I am, a, if I am the guardians, you know, if I run their team, I'm bringing up De louder as quickly as I can. Maybe he does see some time in the middle of 2024. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. We got to really get Daniel Espino back. You got to bring up Juan Brito. There's just, they, they got to really start being aggressive and, and taking advantage of the window. Couldn't agree more. The other thing too is like, if I'm thinking about it, I don't know if this will be related to technically directly related to uh, DeLauder, but if the year doesn't go well, right. Shane Bieber's gone probably by the deadline because this, the guardians won't, they're not going to be, they're not a big market team and can suffice the fact of letting this guy, you know, not necessarily be, um, you know, left in the organization and then trying to get like a, you know, a compensation pick and everything they have to get as much prospect value and try and get value for players that will not have to cost them money for, you know, a significant amount of time, right? They're not looking for MLB ready players. They need to get guys that are going to be less at that time, not requiring arbitration deals up front, maybe some more pre-arb guys. Um, so maybe DeLauder, maybe in that type of trade, maybe they do send some form of an outfielder or somebody, off uh with Bieber so that gives DeLauder a chance but that's going to be tough because outfield wise it wouldn't make a lot of sense um and I'm guessing they want DeLauder to get some defensive work so we'll what see a young core of Manzardo DeLauder and and Bo Naylor I mean maybe they're trying to nudge Jose Ramirez out the door or maybe they're thinking he'll live till he's you know or play until he's 50 I don't know but how about Lo- you mentioned Ramon Laureano out in right field how about that dude <laughs> like I, I like it was weird. I was yeah. like, why, you know, maybe that's just, if he's your right fielder this upcoming season, right? That's going to be, it's tough. I it's just realized, sorry, how old do you think Loriano is too? Is he like some weird, like 29 year old? He is, is like 29. He is 29. I could have sworn he was hitting me. 32, 33 at this point. At Funny, least. I thought he was 35. And fun fact, you ready for this? I just saw this. He and I share a birthday. I share a birthday with a PED user. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're curious, the beach is to your east because you're in the Carolinas. Anyways, okay. Back to baseball. I'm glad you got it right, though. You know, the beaches to, to the east. Well, I mean, you could go west and find a beach eventually, right? You could go. <laughs> <laughs> You'll add something soon. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's the guardians, man. I think it's a good breakdown. I mean, it's tough, you know, trying to go in the depths of some of these guys, but um, the AL central will just be chaos because somehow, some way do the twins figure it out and just consistently kind of just, like I said, figure it out every single year. You know, can the tigers make that leap? that so many fans have been waiting for. They finally get the Detroit Lions in the playoffs. Are things mm-hmm. looking a little bit upward? The Detroit Red Wings are looking sick. Uh, in the NHL, I mean, could not could we see a little bit of a movement in Detroit? That would be awesome. Um, but 
can we finally see something out of you know Kansas City and how rough that's been since they won the World Series? Um, you know, can that can their moves be worthwhile or are they going to regret it? We'll see. Um, but this Guardians team, they're young, and with a winnable division like it is, if they somehow figure it out, and you you mentioned it, Vinny, they got a nice rotation. They mm-hmm. really, really do. If that if Shane Bieber can you know be around the zone and 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 you know keep keep down the home runs and and, and not be get able traded just, and not get traded and mm-hmm. you know Tristan McKenzie comes out and has a big year and I think a name that many people should be not shocked to see in an All Star game by maybe next year is Gavin Williams. Yeah, 100%. I think he's that good. Hundred percent. Yep. Well, buddy, even, anything else? Even Tanner Bybee. Sorry, yeah, I just Tanner I Bybee. love their pitching staff is just. It's great. I love it because it's young. I I love what Cleveland is doing. You know, you mentioned they're not a big market team, but Best they're still a very, very exciting in... team. Uh, so if I look at it, Twins have Pablo Minnesota Lopez, minus Joe say Ryan. That. Yeah. Pablo is a, Joe Ryan. Um, I don't know, man. That's some good depth, though, man. That's that's five. Let me, that's I five dudes to... right there, man. Say say the Minnesota ones again. Pablo Lopez, Pablo Lopez Joe, Joe Ryan. Sonny Gray, um, Bailey Ober. Yeah, nope, Sonny Gray, Sonny Gray is a Cardinal. Sonny Gray is a Cardinal. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I was looking at last year's. Sonny Gray is a Cardinal. So, yeah, which is just weird. Still Bailey right. Ober, though. Bailey Ober. Maybe. Yep. There, it's, it's probably a toss up. Chris Paddock. Uh, I, <laughs> I, 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 Louis Varland. I, I, I think they're better. I think they're you better. You think the, the Cleveland's better? I think Cleveland's better. I think. Maybe the metrics show differently. Uh, better than Detroit because Detroit hasn't proven it yet with their rotation. Um, White Sox <sighs> definitely. Kansas City, you got um, Seth Lugo. Um, oh God, who else? Cole Reagans. Cole Reagans, which he needs to. You know, these guys have big years. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Seth Lugo, between- Jordan Lyles. Between yeah. Cleveland and Minnesota, I'm I'm not sold. We'll have to debate about this because I don't know if I'm sold because mm-hmm. I think Pablo Lopez. I mean, it depends on what Gavin Williams does. I think you know that's that's a big question mark. But it's it's definitely they definitely have better depth. You, you're right about that, hundred percent. Cleveland does. Well, buddy, anything else? <sighs> I wish we could do this all night. I mean, just I love I love talking baseball with you. You're you're a beautiful man. I love looking at you. Um, yes, yeah, this, this is a good time. So, um, you know, give Tyler a follow, give the big fly pop, give the big fly pod a follow, say that five times fast and, yeah. uh, you know, follow me too. Why not? Why so not? Why not give, why not give Vinny chase a follow? Huh? How about it? Huh? How about it? Huh? Uh, how about it? Huh? Um, all right. Well, to everyone that tuned in, thank you so much for listening to another edition of the big fly pod. And we'll talk to you again here soon.